everybody, and happy Monday. Welcome to this edition of the Racing Insiders Podcast. I am your host from Crate Insider, Kate Dillon, and I'm here today with Steve Hendren from Hendren Racing Engines, and we have a special guest today of Matt Henderson, a driver, race car driver, and good friend of ours, and we're glad to have him here. So, Matt, why don't you introduce yourself and tell people a little bit about you? Uh, I'm Matt Henderson. I've been driving for uh, Dirt Lake Models for 20, 21 years now, and um raced all over the southeast in different variations of the sport whether it be crate late models super late models limited late models so just done a little bit of all of it uh kind of a safety enthusiast uh like like trying to um pursue the safety aspect of the sport and and try to get drivers engaged to that you know that's really all i all i know to say well we're certainly glad to have you on the show. And of course, uh, you and I do some work together also with uh, Race Logic. Absolutely. Um, oh, you're even wearing a Race Logic hat today? I, I am, yeah. Big shout out to Brian from uh, Race Logic. But uh, to tell us a little bit about the, you know, you were so involved with the Crate Late Model class this year. And for anybody who's maybe on the fence or thinking about wanting to improve their program or what kind of information they can look for. What would you have to say about race logic? You know, you've been to all the ones that I've done, but uh, the the this class was so much more extensive than the ones in the previous years. Um, we just got to click and, you know, the information really started flowing out. And uh, man, from anything from aerodynamics, which is huge now and getting bigger by the day in the sport to basic setup to the most advanced stuff to everything we do throughout the night to the gains that we've tried on the the chassis dyno everything that we do or have done as as our race teams uh we put it out there and it's huge huge gains you know i think a, a big advantage was the fact that rather than trying to have a big ginormous group of like 120 people in the room we had a smaller a smaller crowd and and that helps you to Oh, not well, be mired by the amount of crowd. There, there was more one-on-one -on -one interaction, basically. Yeah, yeah. It was it was I good. Can barely hear myself. Bring that mic over, Matt, and I'll share. Yeah, 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 sure. I gotta have my own mic. Actually, now I can't even. Well, I can kind of hear myself. Okay. So, the the smaller crowd did help, but the the crowd itself, more of them were. Um, in tune and, and wanting information, asking questions, and they ask really good questions that, that matter. You know, sometimes you get a group and they're all quiet and they don't, no one wants to raise their hand and speak up, you know, and that's what we're there for. I mean, every time I teach one of the classes, I actually end up learning myself. So it's not, same here. yeah, I mean, it's just the way it is. It's, it's a really good um, format. Well, yeah, I think the questions do make a ginormous difference. And I think the biggest reason why is, you know, when you're standing at the front of the room like that, you what you don't know, if you don't know the people in that are sitting in the seats, you don't know if the things that you're saying are way too basic mm -hmm. or that they're way too over their heads. So where's mm -hmm. your starting point? Where, where are we going to have to start here? And and if we can start at the higher level, then we can go much further. Absolutely. Absolutely. You you get a good read off the crowd based upon their questions that they, they ask. And, and this class would be, if I had to pick, this is the one I would buy for the Crate Lake model stuff, just because of how it went from beginner all the way to the as advanced as we can get. I mean, we covered everything in between. It was amazing how much we fit into it. 
Well, and, and I think also what's great is even if you're not going to do your own setup and you're going to hire someone that's your, you know, your shock expert or, or, you know, a setup expert, someone like that, at least it, you would have enough information to be able to go to them and mm -hmm. have a very informed conversation rather than just a, Oh no, just make me go faster. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And it, it's important that you understand the characteristics of the race car and what you're needing. So even if you do have a professional crew chief or, or, or just a, a shot guy that you're talking to every week, you have to be able to give him good input, you know? So, um, learning through the class that's part of what we go through is just giving you a good understanding so no matter who you're working with you've got the right information to give them to make yourself better and the interesting thing to me is <clears throat> like the class is somewhat laid out so you've got sections that you're going to be covering about every aspect of racing but it doesn't always just go by that no so questions lead you down a rabbit hole mm -hmm. that you can explain to people you know different things that normally people wouldn't ask yeah and nine out, know. <laughs> nine out of ten times if this guy is asking it the other 30 people in the room need to know it too you know i mean it, it, we get a lot of questions that helps everyone yep. mm -hmm. agreed now you as a driver you are one of the like a jockey that will go from ride to ride you mm -hmm. know that somebody needs a driver for the weekend you'll jump right in there i'm sure that you've got your the definitely the things that you know how you want to do a setup how are you able to adapt so well to so many different types of cars and different chassis and all of that what's your process well i've raced for 21 years so at some point i've had to drive a car with a characteristic of some kind that i just get in and i'm like okay i know what this feels like and what corrects that from the seat you know and especially, you know, like this year, I'm doing a lot of races, but I'm doing them in a lot of different cars and still looking to pick up races, you know, but I'm not going to be in the same car a lot. So you don't just go reinvent someone's program to drive it three or four times. You you get in their program and you make it as good as it can be um, for what it is. So you just adapt. I mean, you know, after 20 something years, you should be able to do that, you know, um, but I just know what fits me and when i feel you know this corner's too soft or whatever the case may be i can usually correct that after hot laps and get us close anyway now do you ever like bring your own shocks or anything like that you just kind of work with what you've got i have like like when i drove the cbr house car i had my own stuff that i would take with me because i had them smashed ready but it's really hard to do that for different brands because center to centers will be different. What they need load wise is different. Springs may be different, but you know, I would prefer to do that because it would be more uh, comfortable, but no, you don't get too much. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, that's just something I didn't know. I was just really curious it, about. It would be great if that, if it worked out that way a lot. And the best, <clears throat> the best drivers adapt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's the name of the game, honestly, because you're not always going to, even if you're in your own stuff, you're not always going to hit that thing 100%. Mm -hmm. So you either adapt or you just go to the back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know of any nights, even when I've been my own crew chief, that we've rolled out and the car has been perfect. I mean, you just, when you get out there, you just got to make the best of what you got. Wow. Yeah. 
Interesting. And uh, folks that are here with us live, if you've got a question, any kind of question, whether it's for Matt or for Steve, uh, definitely, you know, drop them into the comments and we can talk about them here on the show. Uh, I do have some, some my, comments here. My headphone here. is not working for shit right now for some reason. Okay. You can take it off then if you'd like. Yeah. I'm just, you can hear me though, right? I can hear you. Okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. Just gonna take it off. I'll right. just do hand motions this if I can't. This like horrible. I don't know. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Yeah. Thanks. It's always something. <laughs> See, you guys, better. you guys buy race cars and you like do shocks. I buy lots of gear. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what I do. I don't necessarily, and I of course only started like 20 minutes before to go, oh yeah, we need another chair and a tripod and another <laughs> camera. So yeah, sorry guys. All right. Uh, let's see. We've got Scott's here from California. He says, hi from California, where another storm makes landfall shortly. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. poor dudes have been getting hammered. Yeah. Yeah. Try to try to be close to the microphone, Steve. Sorry. All right. Uh, Cameron's, Cameron's here. He says, uh, hey, what's up, team? You know, Cameron Goldsworthy, you he helped do. us out last, yep. last year talking about the tires. And he says, oh, and tires. And That's he's right. got little grinny faces mm -hmm. for sure. And uh he says, great to see you there. Super, super Matt. You're not just here. Not just Matt. You're super Matt. <laughs> All right. We've got Hayden here um, in from YouTube. He says, hey, do you guys recommend a 16 an or a 20 an outlet fitting for your radiator hose? Double pass radiator, small block Chevy built motor street stock is the application. Uh, either, either or, honestly. I uh, mean, I've got customers running both. Uh, and you know the crate application, but uh, I honestly haven't seen a dime's worth of difference. On our own personal stuff, we run we run dash twenty mm -hmm. uh, because I go by the old Howard Stewart philosophy that flow is what you need rather than restriction. Mm -hmm. So the faster you're actually moving the water through the system, you know. You, I mean, on a double pass, I'm getting at. So you have to increase flow. So the more flow you have, the better off you actually are. Yeah, and with a bigger hose, you would. Yeah, because, you know, the thing is, you know, restriction means the water's in the engine longer, and then it's hotter when it gets in the radiator, so on and so forth. It's, I don't know, there's several different theories on this, but I just kind of go by the Howard Stewart theory. I, I agree with that theory, except guys will put a 20 on and then put a restrictor under it. And exactly. it's like, it's defeating the purpose. At that point, it's, it doesn't matter. Although we did learn. I don't know if it was at both race logics, but at one of them, uh, Ben Baker from AFCA was talking about putting a restrictor at the bottom. And what's interesting yeah. about that is because then the radiator, it, the water is spending more time in the radiator mm -hmm. getting cooler. And I mean, it was a little bit of an aha, I would yeah. have to say. But I mean, honestly, either or. Yeah. Um, again, I prefer Dash 20. I got customers running Dash 16 and they're running just as cool as we are, so. And I sell about half and half as far as that goes. But what surprises me is the those dash 16 versus the dash 20 fittings for that upper radiator hose. The, the price difference is quite significant oh, I would imagine. Um, between, huge. you know, when you go to those big fittings and then you get that hose. So, I mean, a setup for a dash 20 is far more expensive than it is for a dash 16. I would, I would think so. Yeah. And that I mean, but it just surprised me. I would expect a little bit, but it's substantial. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So Mike is here. He says, Steve, um, is Ultra your favorite beer? It's not my favorite beer. I drink Ultra because I'm a fat bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying, I like beer. So try, try to not be a fatter bastard. No. So, so my, my favorite beer is Stella Rochemont. 
So that is my ultimate favorite beer. I've got several. Your beer I, I've, got, I've got a top 10. Yeah, trust me. But uh, no, the, the ultra is just what I, it's my go-to. I mean, it's like, it's like water beer. So, you know, I can drink a bunch of it and, and not get too much fatter. <laughs> there you go. Great. Uh, now, there was a question that came in. I'm not sure where it came in from. Um, Tori dropped it in here. Oh, it actually came in from, oh, I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, any dyno testing with conversions to 1.6 ratio rockers, uh, quarter-ish mile paved ovals mostly is our track. Yes. And roller rockers are not allowed either. Any thoughts or advice? And this is from Doug. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the testing we've done on asphalt applications has been on crate engines, obviously. So generally on a 604 crate engine, if you can go to one sixes, it's worth about 10 horsepower. Oh, nice. Nice. The cheated ones that say one five that are one six, mm -hmm. they're they're pretty significant. Yeah. So even on dirt. So. So that, that's like one of the first things a tech man should have. Should it? yeah, have, a, <laughs> have that deal. Oops, put sorry. it in a little picture. Yeah, that's pretty major. Exactly. All right. And uh, Charles is asking, how's Alex's race car coming along? Uh, they got it back Saturday. Oh. So yeah. So uh, it didn't need a clip. Oh good. But they put a clip on it just because the repair would have been extensive on that right front corner. Uh, as far as like. I mean, could it have been repaired? Yes. Would it have been kind of a hacky repair? Yes. So they said, screw it, clip the whole damn thing. Cutting into the bins, just cut it where it's straight exactly. and make it easier. Yeah. So it so probably I, took longer to repair the wall than it did the car. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> feel so but, bad. They just painted those walls too. <laughs> just painted. But yeah. no, they, no they, they, they put a front clip on it. And uh, yeah. So when I left the shop tonight, they were up there starting to put shit back together. Awesome. Right. And I felt so bad for him when that shit happened because it's like, it's one of the things that's out of your control. I mean, you lose a tire yeah, and, and there's just nothing you can and do. And he, he's not one to tear shit up either. No, no. So when you do tear stuff up and you're not one, to, which I am one, I will tear this shit up. But like <laughs> for him, I know that just tore his stomach up. Oh, and I mean, I, I was standing on the back straightaway and this was going into turn one. And I heard him screaming in the car, no, 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 when he finally came to a stop. Yeah, because I've been he, there. he knew how bad it was. Mm. I've been there. So yeah. You want to cry because you work on the stuff constantly. You know, you got guys that help you. All of you are working on this, and you then you just it even if it's not your fault, the tire blows. You're like, could I have not got it down? Could I have not got it away from the wall? Exactly. Tore my whole race car up. Yep. So, I mean, that that stays with you. It'll be with him. The next race he wins, he will still think back to that moment. Oh, could I have got that car out of the wall? And it's one thing, too, if you stuff one in the fence and you're a turd. Mm -hmm. But, like, you stuff one in the fence and you're turning literally the fastest times in a late model that's ever been turned this particular track. Yeah. And not even, like, a super late model. I'm talking, like, a 525. Yeah. And you're sick. faster than super late models. That's what I'm getting. Then at. you're just Way disgusted. Faster. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Matt, what are some common questions that you hear from racers? The most common thing I, I hear is, um, you know, how do you know when to adjust, you know, the race car? And, and sometimes how do you know the racetrack's coming to you? And for a guy that travels to different tracks and, and sees a lot of different scenarios, you know, 
if you race there a lot, you can kind of know the characteristics and when it's coming to you. But what I do is I look at race monitors, say we're hot lapping and we're a 1450. And the racetrack, we go to qualify and I, I watch like say street stocks, they're a 1450. And when they go out and qualify or run their heat races, the fastest one that I was watching is now a 1480. That tells me the racetrack's slowing down. It's slowed down three tenths. So I need to be adding to my race car, you know. So that's that's what I look at um, to see what adjustment and what adjustment you're going to make varies on the car. It's, it's hard to give advice on that. You just have to kind of decide what the car is doing and what it needs. You know, but that's that's really the most common question I yeah. get. Yeah, watch. I mean, back in the day, it was stopwatch. Mm -hmm. So now we got race monitor and my race pass and stuff like that. So you now, now you can actually. You used to have people standing at the pins with four exactly. four stopwatches <laughs> on a clipboard and they'd be writing yep. down just as fast as they could write. But yeah, if you're running the same track every week, you kind of know what it's going to do. Yeah. You, when you, you're traveling, it's, that's a thing. Yeah. You, you know, you're just like if I was going to say Cochrane this weekend, I kind of know the adjustments I would make throughout the weekend right now, you know, I'm only, you know, not even left yet. So right. if you go somewhere enough, you kind of have a gut for it, but traveling, you, you have to find creative ways to figure out what the racetrack's actually doing. That's good advice. Yeah. Really good advice. Find squirrel finds a nut every now and then. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you have one once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, quite a few times, obviously, obviously. So, uh, Steve, what questions do you have for Matt? Mm. I'm going to put you on the spot. Mr. What do I have for Matt? Yeah. Give me a minute. We'll think about it. We'll come back to it. Okay. We'll, we'll circle I'll... back because I, I, it's got to be a unique question. It can't be something that's like just generic. Okay. Um, I actually have uh, another thing for us to discuss because we've, this has just come up quite a quite a few times in the last few days. And I know we've talked about it on the show, but let's let's bring it up again. Uh, questions about fuel pumps and bypass regulators. So let's let's talk yeah, about. I, I actually had a conversation yeah. down on the phone. I, I think one of y'all referred the guy to me. Uh, Tori did. I hadn't, yeah. made, hadn't made it into the yeah, office so, yet. And so she asked me. So today I explained to Tori about what bypass regulators and how they work. So, I mean, this guy, yeah, this guy called me today and and he had a question on, you know, Hey, I'm looking at buying this ProCam fuel pump because he didn't. He doesn't have belt drive. I don't know whether it's legal or not legal or whatever, but doesn't have a belt drive. So he's got a pro. He, he's got a fuel pump that he purchased from a dude who sold him a motor, like a I don't know blueprinted motor or whatever, somewhere out of Georgia, is what he was saying. And I have no clue who this is, so I ain't calling nobody out. But the guy sends him a motor, sends him the fuel pump. Guy starts the motor up, fuel pump's basically a piece of shit. No, no bypass regulator, no nothing. Just a normal regulator. Thing won't hardly put out like six pounds or whatever. No, and the guy's on E85. Can't do it. <laughs> I'm like, no, man, you can't do it. So what you need is a high pressure pump. So yeah, pump you sell will work. Um, not the biggest fan of those. I would rather have everybody on belt drives, but Hey, it is what it is. It's still better than it's just, uh, still better than what he's yeah. got. And I said, then, yeah, you need to have a bypass regulator. So after talking with this dude, pretty much, uh, I think what he's going to do is buy the pump, buy the bypass regulator, then plumb it all, put everything on, and then bring it up the, 
uh, to the shop, Jesse, then Good. probably within the next week or so. Yeah. And before that, he'll be bringing his carburetor by for you guys, for Mike to take a look at yeah. first. Yeah, exactly. It's like he's going to drop off his carburetor, yeah. come by and get, get get the plumbing stuff from me. Yeah. Um, he doesn't live too far away from here. Right. So, so yeah. you know, the guy that sold him the fuel pump supposedly sent it to a carburetor guy to have it converted to E85, but was it really kind of thing? You know, nobody really knows. So, yeah, we're going to figure it out. Yeah, you can't do that with the eighty-five, man. You got, got you got to supply it with fuel. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's like methanol. <laughs> I mean, I remember back in the day, guys going from gas to methanol and just burning shit to the ground. Absolutely. Yep. Open wheels yep. would have where they could run race gas, and then they could run methanol, and mm -hmm. they would just swap. Nope. Mm-hmm. Way to burn up a motor. Yeah. So that's probably been the, the biggest topic. Uh, I know wheels arrived today at your shop. Oh, yeah. There's a whole freaking pallet. Of them. It's all, it's 36. Like I said, there's a whole freaking pallet. Of them. Yeah, I know. We'll make, we'll make runs tomorrow. Yeah. And then I'm going to order some more. <laughs> Those are all black. I need polished ones now. So <laughs> we go through wheels like candy. Yeah, I know. It's, it's I came so and picked up a bunch. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, we, we pretty much sold out of everything that you saw when you came in and you just got those. I just gotten them. Yeah. And yeah, you guys left that day and I ordered more. That's these yeah. and I'll order more tomorrow. I just didn't have time today. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. We sell a lot of wheels, which makes me happy because I just love my wheels so much and I want them to have, there is a butt ton of wheels up there. It's not enough. It's not enough. We'll be, we'll be done with those in like three weeks, probably yeah. two or three weeks. If that, um, all right. Oh, on the fuel, uh, question, mm -hmm. uh, let's see, uh, what fuel pressure do you recommend? Generally on our stuff, <clears throat> sorry. Um, generally on our stuff, uh, we run nine pounds minimum okay. on E85. Uh, as far as, I mean, other carburetor builders, just depending on what they're doing with their carburetors may recommend a different pressure, but nine pounds is minimum of what we recommend. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Mike asks, he says, is there any horsepower gain going from a 12 volt to a 16 volt on MSD on a 604? Not that I've seen. No. Um, it's really cleaner burn, isn't it? No, no, I haven't even seen that. Like I haven't even seen, I can't show you one horsepower yeah. difference. Uh, the 16 volt to me is just a better system that lasts longer between charges basically yeah that that is true because a 12 volt will start dragging through the end of the night a 16 volt it's there until it's completely dead exactly yeah and that was something that's we've talked about on the show here before is that with a 12 volt system you may want to consider running an alternator versus with a 16 volt as long as you're just running like your regular 25 latchers you shouldn't need an alternator with right. a 604. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly now i mean I'm, I'm an alternator guy, so I usually recommend running an alternator no matter what, if you can get away with it. That's um, new. You no, used to be I, an anti. No, I've always been an alternator guy. Okay. I always run alternators when I could. Um, so like on my son's car, we actually have an alternator. It's like actually a Jones setup uh, that goes on the back of the uh, transmission along with the power steering and fuel pump combination. Yeah. Great. The car that, uh, the first car that you and I worked together on. That's right. Had an alternator on it. Yep. And I always, we always said, you know, 
first 30 laps, I'm probably down on power. But, you know, after lap 30, I'm making power because everybody else's voltage is going down. May not work that way, but well, it's good in theory. Yeah, yeah, it's good in theory. Um, I mean, generally, I think an MSD will fire down to like seven volts at full full capacity. So I didn't know, I didn't I know mean, it was you, that low. You basically have to be have a dead battery for that thing for the MSD not to fire at full capacity. Well, some of the guys I've had do my maintenance, I can get there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cameron's got a comment. He says, uh, "Matt, congratulations on your." Second basketball championship with your boy. Yeah, two in a row. Two in a row. Wow, how old's your how old's your son now? Ten. Ten. Yeah, he's he's playing and uh, he's wide open with it, man. He trains. We have a trainer that we take him to. He's just wide open. So, yep, two two AAU championships back to back weekends. So going for uh, three in a row this weekend. Oh yeah! Wow, that's fantastic. Um, I'm anybody who's watching, I'm actually not on Facebook very much um, at all. So I actually don't, uh, um, I don't, I just don't get on there. So I don't, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't always, I don't always see what's going on in the world. Cause it's just, I'm trying to avoid uh, the negativity, the toxicity, the, it's a good place not to be. It is. It mm-hmm. is. You know, I'm, my life, I probably haven't been on social media for more than probably a cumulative hour in the last six months. And my life is better for it. Now we put out a lot of content. So people, I mean, unfortunately they'll send me messenger messages and then I, I get back to them like a month later. Cause I, You're I'm just, just not, not on it. it. Yeah. Usually, you know, obviously we post things, but I'm just, I'm not there consuming, consuming it. Uh, Facebook and my feed is just dumb. I mean, I, I can go from, I can see one person, then it is sponsored. It's then it's suggested. Why do I need a suggested post when I've got 5,000 friends that I can't even see their stuff? I don't need anything suggested. And I see nothing from pages that I follow. I see. I do not see friends that I actually know on my Facebook ever. I see people that have added me. I see their stuff, people I don't know, people it suggests that I know, but if I was wanting to be friends with them, I would be, you know, and it's just like, it's a waste of time. Yeah. Now, Tori does monitor, Tori does an amazing job of monitoring all of our communications, comments, questions, all of that on our Facebook pages. But I'm just talking about as an individual Mm -hmm. that I'm just not. uh, So if you ever, you know. How do you feel Tori does? Oh. She's evil. I didn't say it. Evil is okay. <laughs> She's here. That name will stick forever. <laughs> and not only do we have evil assistant Tori, but we have evil assistant to the evil assistant Tori, which would be mini, mini Tori. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Addison. Addison. Yep. <laughs> yep. And and you can't call uh, Danielle evil because she'll probably just kick your ass. Oh, she totally would. She would <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's probably she's probably in Disneyland, Disney World right now, dancing around with her freaking ears on. No, I don't, I don't know if she's going tonight or if she's just. It's tonight. It, yeah, it, she's yeah, going tonight. Going tomorrow and they're back Wednesday. Okay, I didn't know she was going both days. So Danielle is. Um, so we got to figure out how office. to play trivia tomorrow night without the two of them. Wow. We'll be back to like you, me, and Nick kind of thing or, or whatever. Are you, stay, are you staying? Yeah. All right, you can go play trivia yeah. with us. Hope you're good until Thursday. I'm not going to be good at it. You can get all the sports shit? Most of it, probably. All right, all right. yeah. All right, we're good. <laughs> okay, there we go. 
Um, all right. And Tori we're is... on basketball season, so mm -hmm. that will probably be a category. Yeah, it was. And and we were we didn't do so well in that category. <laughs> no, really? No, I, I could probably was, help with was, that. It yeah. was, it was right. really bad. All right. And Tori is here. She says, you guys should do pod decks. Yeah, we probably should. Let me pull out a pod deck here. Why? Matt, it's probably like, what in the hell are you talking yeah. about? We have we have these card decks. And uh, this one's like, what the heck? And we have episode deck that's usually lame. And would you rather? Ooh. So these are kind of, these can be fun. Uh, just find 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 a couple good ones to ask Matt, Steve. Oh, I get to yeah. choose what? Yeah, we're just gonna we're not gonna be random. We're just we're gonna we're two gonna, or three or what? I don't know. Yeah. So, oh, here we go. I got one. Are we doing? We're, we're like grilling him. As we're we are. Doing. We oh, are. We, you know, I know we should be. Um, th this is how we're honoring our guests. No, I appreciate now, it. Yes. Um. Otherwise, this is something Steve and I have done before. Yeah. Like the whole "Would you rather." And he would get lame ones, or he would get ones that were just like super easy, and and then I'd have like gross ones, like <laughs> ugh, it was disgusting. All right, uh, Matt, do you have a favorite number? And is there any particular reason why you like that number? Yeah, number seventeen. Obviously, it's adorned my race cars for twenty something years. But uh, I was a Dale McDowell fan, and wanted to be a miniature Dale McDowell, so I picked the number seventeen. It was always my favorite. Past that, you're kind of a taller. Dale yeah. yeah you know <laughs> i i have become friends with him and uh honestly lean on him a lot when things um get tough for me in racing and he actually means a lot to my son now too and my son had a um a basketball game for his school team where he lost he was the reason they lost and yep. uh he was crying and I called Dale and I'm like, will you tell him? Cause it doesn't matter what dad says. Yeah. Will you tell him that it's okay? Like you have lost races, making a mistake and you rebounded and you, he's won it all, you yeah. know? And so uh, I picked a good hero to, to have at an early age. He's, he's been Dale's top notch. Dale's a freaking cool dude. Uh, had the pleasure of meeting him several times and talking to him and stuff. And he uh, like, I went to, I think a buddy of mine put on kind of like a chassis seminar kind of mm -hmm. thing in Charlotte one time or Concord. And Dale was like the keynote speaker on all that stuff. And one thing that always stuck with me, of course I got in for free because it was my buddy putting on, but <laughs> one thing that always stuck with me is what he said at the time. And now we're talking, this is back in shit, 2004, 2005, something like that. And he says, if you're comfortable, comfortable in a race car, you're slow. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. You know, and it's just like, I'm like, oh, yes. Maybe that's why I'm fucking slow. Yeah. <laughs> you if know? you feel like I'm just going to make solid <laughs> laps here, you're, you're slow. Yep. If you're not, if you don't feel every time you get down into the corner, like, mm, that's a little too much, uh -huh. you're not going fast enough. Yep. Exactly. So, uh, Dale's a cool ass dude, man. I went through his driving school my first year racing and, uh, just, kind of glued myself to him ever since, but he's, he's awesome. Yep. That's really neat. And I always love to hear the stories behind uh, racers numbers, why they choose the numbers they do. They're always, no one just looked at the clock and said, yeah, it's a number two. So no. I'm going, they've Everybody's all got a reason. Got a reason. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. That's fun. Now here's another one that just kind of ran across in the deck and I think it's a good one. 
So what nickname have you been called that you hate? So oh, I'm, and I can gosh. ask you both because I know Steve's got some, but I, I know announcers get creative and they start making up like some of these little taglines and you're just like, golly, I hate this one. So, um, Roby Ham, which is in the Dirt Lake Mall Hall of Fame, great announcer, started calling me the concrete cowboy because I would get around the wall. You know, I'm always on the top and I would hit the wall and, and scrape it. So started calling me the concrete cowboy. I, I've never been a fan of that because I felt like it was poking fun of me tearing stuff up. But I don't I don't really mind it. That's uh, Rick Eshelman, another great one, always called me Mad Matt. Um, <laughs> And a lot of times it fits. So, uh, but yeah, those are the two, probably the worst ones, but they're fun. Now, Steve, I know you've got some least, least favorites. Motorhead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Motorhead. Motorhead Steve Hendren. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I've never been a fan of nicknames, honestly. Come on. I liked the one from California where you were Speedy Steve. Speedy Steve yeah, Hendren. I mean, that was like, that's so God, cute. That was, back when I was like in my, Teens and speedy. 20s. It reminds me of like Speedy Gonzalez. That's what I was thinking. If we could get yeah. you a sombrero. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I think Tori is good at editing stuff. If we could get, <laughs> yeah. we could get you in a sombrero. Oh, with... trust me. She's got a picture of me that yeah, <laughs> nobody needs to see. <laughs> I may have seen it. <laughs> you might have seen it. <laughs> oh, here's, here's another one. So, Matt, have you ever been electrocuted? <laughs> is electrocuted to death if... I have, yeah, I've, I've had the piss knocked out of me. I was wiring um, lots up on the back and they were of our enclosed trailer. They're 240 and it was plugged into shore power and I was on the ladder. It hit me and knocked me off the ladder. So, you know, you just mad as hell. Like it's not your fault. You know, I go up there and I unplug and I'm pissed off and the owner comes by and starts the generator. So now I'm not on shore power. I'm on generator power, but I don't know the generator started. So I crawl right back up there and it knocks the shit out of me. And so, oh. yeah, yeah, I've, I've had that. It's a totally random question in the pod decks, but it's just kind of fun. No, uh, I got one for you. If humans came with a warning label, what would yours say? In other words, what's your sign? Mm, no, <laughs> gosh. Contents under pressure may explode. Um, I'm not sure. You've been in a fight or two at racetracks, haven't you? Uh, Couple, ten or twelve, fifteen. I won't bring any specific ones or anything. Yeah, I've I've I've, I've had a few. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least um, I I don't know. I think we live in a different world. I think in these in the world we live in now, everybody's going to jail. It shouldn't be that way. It should. Uh, There's a limit. There should be consequences for running your mouth and being a prick. And the consequences should come with getting busted in the mouth. Exactly. And if you are man enough to run your mouth, you need to be man enough to get your ass whipped and let it be done. Mm -hmm. But now everybody wants to get mommy and daddy to call the law. And, mm -hmm. you know, used to everybody had a code of conduct because they didn't want their ass whooped. Now you don't have to worry about that yeah. because you would rather take an ass whooping than send somebody to jail. You know, right. it's exactly. just not right. Racing has changed a lot because of that. Respect. Yeah. It's exactly. just, it's gone now. I, I know you don't watch cup races. I don't. But these, these Entitled pricks, pricks. <laughs> are destroying cars. You'll, you'll run 300 laps. Let's say it's a 350 lap race. Run 300 laps. The last 50 laps, 
Kyle Busch and all these guys, they race for respect. Yeah. And then you get these idiots that every week destroy stuff. Mm -hmm. It was – yesterday was awful. I mean, they, they had, you know, restarts six or seven times to finish the race. You know, wow. green-white checkers. Just couldn't get it done. Wow. Well, that's where you get out of the race car and you need your fucking ass get to mm -hmm. because it's – Pay the fine. Well, I mean, fast what, what started NASCAR? What made NASCAR popular? Yeah. You know what? Kale Yarbrough getting his fucking ass beat by that Bobby Allison in Daytona. Yeah, know? that was it. <laughs> yeah, it was. Also, it helped that there was a blizzard, and that was like the only thing people could do was sit inside and watch the NASCAR race. I learned that at the NASCAR Hall of Fame. But That is true. That but is it, was true. The fight, it was the fight that put him on the map. It, the fight put him on the damn map. But I'm going to yeah. tell you, if some of the NASCAR races today was on then – they would have fell asleep anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. Or been outside playing right. in the snow. Yeah. I think the most interesting thing I've heard recently would be Bubba and Kyle Larson. Bubba Wallace. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Oh, Bubba wrecked Kyle Larson yesterday. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. I don't know if his brakes failed or if he failed to use them, but either way. He oh, he doesn't lift for anybody. That's what he says. He didn't lift for anybody. Uh, I saw that yesterday. Yeah. Destroyed his race anyway, car. So. Agreed. Yeah. Or at least the shit I've seen. Yeah. No. Yeah, way way more way more drama than that talent. being said. How about JD getting a freaking ride at Bristol? I love it. Man. Yeah, I'm he deserves it. Yep, he's earned that. Uh, you know, and the thing is, I think NASCAR people are going to be like, "Oh, it's an underdog. It's a dirt guy." And none of us feel that way. I right. feel like if the situation plays out, you know, I think he's got to get a good draw. The, the format there, he's got to get yeah. a good draw. Just like if we go racing, right. you know, it's got to work out. But if they let him stay around sniffing the front towards the end, mm -hmm. he will put it on them. Yep. I'm so excited for, for him and for his success. And yep. uh, my dad was telling me, I saw my dad over the weekend, and uh, that there was, I, it's, I guess it's on Flow Racing, that there's a, a mm -hmm. video about J.D. Yep. and uh, Dirty Dollar is dirty dollar uh, ranch or something and yeah i haven't seen it yet but dad said it's really really good i haven't gotten on there and watched it and i meant to but yep. i may do that tonight but yep. yeah so if you have flow racing um check it check it out mm -hmm. um i mean it's just that's a recommendation for my dad and for him to go out of his way to tell me about it you know obviously it he's got some, something yeah and he's got some real fond feelings for for jonathan for sure well i do too yeah i, I mean, mean we, we all I mean, we he, all do i mean he put my he put my name out there for everybody Mm -hmm. Honestly, oh yeah, he, he is almost wholeheartedly responsible for getting our name out there in, in the crate race. I can't remember the company. very right, honestly. I can't remember the company he was driving for at the time. Um, some electrical engineering or something. Oh yeah, yeah. You know who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. But he he won Swainsboro. Him and Overton basically traded it out mm -hmm. or whatever. No, That's him right. and Madden. Both yeah. of them were him. Yes. And um, you know. He did a lot to bring. I mean, that's how I knew of Hendren from back in the day. I mean, 2013 and 14, he won every big crate race there was, and we all got to watch. Yeah. Yeah. That year, there was like a ton of 10,000 win races. Mm -hmm. When won, they really started popping up. And he won every single one. Well, that year, I was leasing him and Barry engines. Right, so I was making a percentage of if he. Oh win. yeah, he'd be better off if he didn't bomb. Well, what we were doing was uh, he'd win a damn race. Somebody instantly want to buy the motor. I mean, motor get tore to the ground, teched. Mm -hmm. Then somebody want to buy it. Hell, we turn around and sell it. I can tell you for a fact that dude won with 
an engine that made 425 of the rear tires and i gotta be closer or further away no i just don't want you to pound the table because it comes straight through the microphone oh, sorry. yeah you're like all i'm all trying to hand motion you at any sorry. rate uh, he he won with an engine that made 425 of the rear tires which is like one of the best ones ever at that time mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking years ago now and he won with one that was like 385. <laughs> yeah because he could do shit with a race car that no one else could do i saw we were at east alabama for maybe the national 100 so uh crates run during the day supers run at night and he goes he blows the tire he goes to the back he comes up he charges the second he gets smoked in the left front shot off the back straight away i thought the car was destroyed he he <laughs> waddles back in there with the tire shaking it's a long enough caution that they're able to fix it he comes from the back again and wins it yeah and i was like that's the baddest dude in the land right there yep. you know yeah that's exciting uh and here's another question for you what what media do you consume regard regarding uh racing that was me this time so are there any particular like podcasts or or shows or you know i don't, I don't know if you watch youtube much or if you're if you will listen to podcasts curious well like i watch i'm usually in the comments of this one so i watch this one a lot and um there's one back home the layover podcast that i listen to um you know and then it depends like if i'm going to a racetrack i watch every race from that place whether it's on flow youtube i find facebook videos even videos from people in the stands you know just searching so um so that kind of content i'm searching all the time if i know i've got a race coming like i'm running in september i'm, I'm running a twenty thousand win at cochran i'm gonna be watching that i'm gonna watch the one that i won you know i'll, I'll have it on replay so i can but i catch just anything informative, you know, I don't want to hear a bunch of people talking crap, you know, mm -hmm. and just a bunch of drama, but like this one where I hear tips and you guys are talking about tuning and stuff like that. I watch that kind of stuff, just trying to get better. Yeah, one thing that one that I find interesting sometimes is dirt tracker daily over on YouTube and he has a daily show. He's a little <laughs> more focused on sprint cars, but it's just kind of like this overview of, of happenings um kind of in the racing world not nascar but more a little more in sprint cars but i just you know it's kind of it's just kind of interesting i know sprint cars have a new tire for instance and not that i needed to know that but that's cool. i do know that i've not so, seen that one i'll check yeah, that you one have out. to check that one out and and so i'm always looking for for new things just to, to ha grow my awareness of what else is out there for sure i don't watch any of them yeah i watch gun podcasts or listen to them getting your information though yeah yeah i'm just you know all right we got a couple more comments that, that's here my hobby <laughs> it is his hobby is guns and my hobby is quilting and so we both watch uh the content that since, is since my kid it. stole my driver's seat i'm now into guns yeah so <laughs> so you making quilts and he's building guns yeah, yes exactly yes and if he uses any of my quilts as um targets um then yeah. i will be using my guns and yeah. What about what about um, <laughs> wrapping the guns with them? Yeah, you I do mean, that. That would that would work. See? Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. You see, you can marry your hobbies together. There you go. There we go. Isn't that sweet? <laughs> Be so kind. All right, Stuart's here from Australia. Good day, guys. Yep. Uh, how does Matt feel about coming down under and wheeling my 602 modified with the leaf coil over leaf coil over rear end? Mm. LOL. 
So is down under Australia? Yes. Uh, I've raced before. Uh, <laughs> you know, tell me how to get there. Yeah, I'm all about it. <laughs> so. You would have a blast there, dude. Uh, I'm telling you that to this day, that's one of the best points of my life was going down there and racing. One of one of the articles they wrote about me in a, a Dirt Lake model or one of the magazines they wrote about me. It said uh, one of the last true outlaws because he has a suit and a helmet and will travel, <laughs> you know, and uh, I'll race anything, anytime, you know. Yep. As long as I can tell that it's safe, uh, I'm I'm down. I'll race any day of the week. Yeah, I think I think you'd have a blast over there. Yeah, because the, the, the tracks there are just so much different. I would love to go. It's just like a totally different I'll, experience. I've watched it on Flow, yeah. you know, and they they put on some racing. Oh, there, yeah. There's one. Um, it's in New Zealand, but so not yeah. Australia. But it's got a dog leg, a reverse dog leg in the back straightaway, yeah. and I'm like, <laughs> what? The I don't hell? even know how I would. I'd probably just smoke the fence every lap till the car finally broke. Oh, that's fun. And uh, Charles is asking, when and where will Alex race next? I don't know yet. Uh, they literally got the car back Saturday. Uh, so we're going to, or they started working on it tonight. I'm going to say probably two or three weeks we'll be back together and then we'll like determine from there what, what he's going to do. Mm -hmm. Great. And I'm not sure whether. Uh, Right now we just got the 525. He's wanting a 602 because like we hell we can get down here to Harris and race for like 1200 bucks freaking 602. So eight miles away. That's hard. which is where he <laughs> was so fast the other night with the 525 and then wrecked the car or not his fault but wrecked the car because the tire blew. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's hard to travel away from that. It's hard to travel away from that. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know yet. Um, but yeah, we'll keep you posted. Yeah. And uh, back to uh, kind of our earlier discussions here, Kurt, Kurt is saying, you know, because Facebook sucks. Um, I, on one hand, I have to say, you know, I'm so grateful for, for Facebook helping me build Crate Insider from the beginning, but it has definitely gotten a lot more difficult. Um, I have to say, as a consumer, I may not be on, like, I'm not on Facebook, Instagram. I don't like TikTok at all. Um, not, I'm not really on Twitter. Where I'm at is YouTube. I spend hours and hours and hours a day on YouTube. Yep. And oh, you know what? I, forever, our YouTube subscribers have been like right around 2,200 people. I just looked today, 2.89. So almost yeah. 2,900 oh, wow. subscribers yeah. for Crate Insider. Yeah. So if you're watching this and, and you know, you think about it, you know, head on over to our YouTube channel and subscribe to our channel. It helps us out a lot, you know, helps us get the word out. Step out and smoke. Y'all keep talking. Okay. Because right. now I can do that because I've got somebody else to fill the freaking spot. <laughs> one of my freaking jaws. <laughs> All right, Jen, Tori is smiling and, and laughing here. I don't think that's a smile. I, I can't see that far. So <laughs> Yeah, that's not a smile. Is she, She's being evil. Oh, she <laughs> and she does says, um, I can answer that evil assistant, Tori. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Justin is here. He says, Steve. Oh, this is a, this is a Stevie, Steve question. Okay. Uh, Steve, I know you don't like the Kevco evac deal, but I run an asphalt deal, so the dirt isn't as much of an issue. They say to run the tube behind the muffler. Does that include the anti-reversion muffler? So if you're putting in the Kevco system where you've got to drill a bung into your header, do you, should you draw it into your anti-reversion muffler, or should you, should, should you just uh, put that bung in the, in the header? I'd probably do it before. Probably do it before. Yeah, I, that's what I would have guessed yeah. as well. Yeah. 
I mean, you're yeah. the expert. Yeah, it really needs to go in the, in the collector, I believe. He, he says it needs to go into the collector. So in case you couldn't hear that, I think you can, but I'm not sure. And also, um, how do the Schoenfeld anti-reversion mufflers compare? Uh, so that is a total knockoff of ours. I don't know. If, can you hear? Mm, sort of. It sounds like an echo. It's a total knockoff of the Hendren muffler. Yeah, but they work halfway decent. But they work halfway decent. Okay. All right. No more questions for Steve until he comes back in. All right. Um, Alan says, great show. Really like to hear from a driver's point. As a team owner, this is interesting. Like they say, the easiest thing to fix is the driver. That is true. That is true. The driver can make an adjustment and fix a lot of bad characteristics of the race car. Um, or you can change drivers. And that, that'll fix or tear up a lot of stuff, you know. Well, you know, one thing I found interesting at Race Logic is we, we talked about um, making the most out of a practice session. And one of the tips there for making the most out of your practice session, I mean, there's a few things. Obviously, you want to, before you go, you want to have a, a plan of like what you're going to test. But uh, what I wanted to mention here is that, like Ben says, go out there and have the driver do two laps and mm -hmm. two laps only because anything after two laps, the driver will automatically compensate and it won't be able to tell you anything after those two laps. My crew chief always says, you know, you, you have to watch him the first lap because after that he's already fixed it. You know, I can make a tight race car look good or I can make a loose race car look good, you know. So you it you just correct what, you, what the car needs in the seat. So you won't know, you know, a lot of times I make a tight race car look free like I'm, you know, just scared of it, you know, but I'm really just keeping it straight because it'll shove. You know, in a loose race car, it's the same way. You'll you'll really baby it, you know, so it doesn't get out from under you. So you really have to see when the driver doesn't know what to expect, that's when you know what the characteristics of the race car is. Good to know. And Mark says, on the other side of the not sending people to jail for a scuffle in the pits, there are some teams and um, out there that spout of physical threats on social media all the time. Also very bad for the sport. 100% agree. I, I agree, yeah. Uh, you know, but usually the ones that want to talk about it on Facebook and stuff like that are not the ones you have to worry about. The guys that are quiet are the ones that will just come up and handle it. You know, what, I've, what I really have discovered with social media is that the more anonymous and the more, like, con, like conversation is encouraged, you, know, you have to kind of go out of your way to make a comment on a YouTube video. So we don't, you know, we, we get a few comments. Mm -hmm. But or when people are watching YouTube, they're not really in, like, oh, I want to type things up mode. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're on the phone with TikTok, um, with, with any of these others. But I have found the more anonymous you are as a user, the more toxic people will be. Yeah. At least on Facebook, people tend to be the person, you know, unless it's a fake profile, but you know, like, Hey, this is the one where you're also sharing pictures of your kids, you know, going to third grade. So you're, you're kind of going to watch it a little bit sometimes. Yeah. I'll add to that. Don't piss off my brother. Just saying. Oh, I guarantee it. <laughs> I would not want to. No, I wouldn't. No. <laughs> My, my no. brother's a carbon copy of my dad. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty much a carbon copy of my mother. Mm -hmm. So I'll just run my mouth and be like, Mike, save me. <laughs> I'm just I'm just now to where Michael speak when I like when I walk in. Normally I would have to go, hey Mike, you know. I'm just now getting to where he will initiate right. that, you know. So I don't want him mad. 
No, I'm still working on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, let's see. We got another one here. Uh, Bubba said he should be replaced for for, for uh, sucking so bad. That's what he Darren did. said. He said that. Mm. Well, yeah. I mean, then he go said, for it. He said, I've been in the cup for six years, making the same mistakes I did six years ago. I just need to be replaced. That's exactly how he said it. Yeah. I'll golf clap that. I will definitely golf clap that. Okay, and Mitch says, uh, didn't hardly recognize Steve all clean cut. Oh, yeah, I know. He still has a beard, but he had most of his hair cut Yeah, had cut all the off. hairs cut off. Temperature started warming up. Exactly. Time to get rid of it. Yeah. It paid off today, too. I bet. Because it was like human as shit today for the first time all year. <laughs> all right, and Chuck says, hey, strangers, good to see y'all. Cheers, and still FJB. Yeah. 100%. Yep. And Scott says, just jump to YouTube and subscribe. Thank you, Scott. Yeah. Appreciate that very much. Absolutely. And uh, Charles says, tell him good luck. I'll be pulling for him. I'm talking about Alex. Oh, thank you. So, so that's pretty cool. I appreciate that. Yeah, we're, we're right out about an hour. You know, is there is there any kind of message or anything that you would like to say to our audience? Um, you know, coming to podcasts like this is a great way to... Um, you know, just continue your search for knowledge. I mean, I know guys way better than me that are continuously looking for something, some kind of advantage. So um, the people that are on here or if it's not on here on something, trying to find knowledge are the guys that win every week. You know, guys do not go home and not think about their race car until next Saturday. Th that's not the ones that win. The real racers are constantly trying to learn and and get better to win you know so um you know i just keep coming back to this podcast your favorite podcast whatever they may be because um you know knowledge is winning to, to your point um racing is like computer technology it changes constantly mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there's constantly upgrades there's constantly new information newfound things coming out i mean just look at shock technology for instance like to me that's one of the biggest advancements in, in our sport dirt racing in 2013 i set the track record and won at almost every east tennessee track that there was with the limited late model class which got out of control but we we won a ton of races if i had that car sitting there ready to go same motor which is the same rules they have now and brought that car out i would be six seven tenths off yeah you know and that's 10 years that seems like a long time but it's really not but how far we've come in those 10 years yeah. and i i always told chip that if i could get back in that car i would beat our new cars and a friend of mine had one of those cars pristine just like it was back then and i took it to a big race a topless outlaw race and i was like i'm gonna show y'all and i qualified top 10 it's the hardest I ever drove for a top 10 finish. <laughs> I worked my ass off to run 10th. Yep. And then I come out going, my God, these things were awful to drive, you yep. know? So it's always changing. Mm -hmm. So I've always respected that about my dad. Like we, you know, last year he went to a welding class with me. He's, you know, master fabricator. And, you know, like they had this chart and he's like, yeah, you know, you're, there's always something new to learn. He's like, I, I have a lot of this in my head, but to have this like on a chart mm -hmm. is, you know, so always being open to new ideas and new information is, is vital. You gotta, you gotta do it. Oh, you can't, uh, yeah. Don't close yourself off to technology. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of, a lot of us get 
you know, not making fun of nobody, but it always cracks me up when I like, you know, somebody's like, Hey, I, you know, need a price for an engine or whatever. And like, it's so-and-so at AOL.com. I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> it wow. could be so much better. You know? Um, speaking of another informational podcast, I haven't spent a lot of time watching it, but uh, Bob Harris and Chad Wares. So do a, really? do a, do a show or like a, you know, they're on camera with each other, I think in two different locations. I, I think it's, I don't know if it's on, also on YouTube, but I think it's on Facebook. I'm probably going to be look under Chad Wares or Wares Machine. And okay. so I've, I've heard good things about that. I've just seen um, like little screenshots. So I haven't really spent a lot of time looking at that. You know, any, anytime, I, I think when there's more of us out here, it's, it's for the better of, of that. And we can all promote one another. Yeah. Help if, spread the word. If you're not a customer of mine or Steve's or yours, whatever, uh, the sport has to have you, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. And okay. There are a couple more questions. Uh, Mitch says, maybe I'll talk to Dave Hammond or uh, maybe I'll talk to Dave Hammond lately. He says, Katie, have you talked to Dave Hammond lately? He's always making new products. Oh, Dave's freaking brilliant. Dave's always coming up with something new. He's really good on social media too. He, oh, he's he, incredible. Yeah. yeah, he really is. He does a lot of those reels and, and uh, I don't know. I just kind of got caught up like, I don't know, just doing the, yeah, <laughs> I just, I don't do as many of those. I yeah. like to do longer <laughs> form videos. I like to do uh, videos that are going to last a little bit longer. So it's Kate doing Kate things. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I just, it, it really just dragged me down. I, it was such a hamster wheel for yeah. for a long time. But I am looking forward to, we've got some new videos that are planned. They're not shot yet, but looking forward. And this guy is going to help me out yeah, with some, yeah. some videos some as stuff. well. Matt's got some great information that's outside of my range of knowledge. So I'm really looking forward to learning a few things um, from that? Matt um, in the next couple of days. Oh, nice. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So he'll have some good things to say. So I think we can wrap things up. Do you have any last words, Steve? I don't actually. That's surprising. Which is just, just super surprising. I think it's great. All right. Well, well I, I do ahead. actually have a couple, last couple words. If anyone tries to call my shop and the phone does not, we nobody picks up like during normal business hours, that means our phones are out or the power's off. So the state is actually widening the road by my shop right now. And every week it's either the phones are out or the freaking power's off at I some saw, point during the day. I saw so, that. You guys have a massive amount of construction going it's on out there. Fucking stupid, actually. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, it's almost whole... necessary, though. Well, almost, but yeah, I think they're going about it in a stupid way. I, I think they could have just paved that road and been okay. Yeah, probably. <laughs> All righty. Well, and, and thank you so much for joining us on Absolutely. this on the show this week, Matt. Really appreciate it. Thanks, you guys, for your great questions today. Um, thank you all for being here, and we will look forward to seeing you next Monday. And for anyone who's listening, we do show up on Facebook and YouTube live on Monday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, otherwise, you can always catch the replays on any anywhere where you listen to podcasts, over on YouTube, on Facebook. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for being here. Bye, guys.